This is Pastor Iris, and today we have got a special visitor with us, and his name is Solomon Wilson. Hi, Solomon. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well, by his grace. I'm great. Good, good. We'll be back and talk to you in a minute. I'll just settle the people in. I don't want them to get frightened. You know, we're not going to do anything heavy here. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been a wonderful week. The weather's dropped a bit here in the UK. So I'm told it's going to be hot next week. So they say about hmm. 40 degrees. Well, that would be something interesting. Yes, that's what they say. Absolutely. You know, the day of small things, um, I'm going to just have this um, message from Zerubbabel. And the word of the Lord came to me, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. They yeah. will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice, they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. And we can read that. That's the NIV version in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. But the scene is one of discouragement, rather like the days we're in at the moment. The Rubicon is a Jewish leader together with around 40,000 fellow Jews. And he's been released from captivity in Babylon. Their goal was to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. The years before the whole city had been destroyed, it's now just a pile of rubble. It seems an impossible task, but they, they did get it started. They got the foundations in, but had reached a point where, where their strength was actually failing them. Maybe Thrupple mm. had considered getting help from other sources, but no. A prophet named Zachariah, by name, that was his name, that's a big name, Zachariah, Come from the scene with a message from God. Buck up, it's not how much you have in your bank account or how strong you are, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Mm. Well, I thought, well, that's, I've, I've just made that a modern translation. You can imagine mm. the, the, uh, the impression he would have made. They had made a start mm. and they stood wondering if it was worth continuing. But the word of the Lord said, keep going. The day will come when the whole building will be finished and the roof will go on. And when you see the completed building, you will rejoice. And as the rubble looked at his small beginning and the pile of rubble still to be cleared, he felt like giving up. But Zachariah's word of encouragement gave him new hope. The mm. other week, we were reminded about the mustard seed that grew into a tree. Well, small things are not to be despised. They're important, and in God's hand, they can grow. God has laid a firm foundation in your life and mine, and your life is not a heap of rubble. The progress you've made since you first believed may seem small to you, and you may have some setbacks. And looking at today's world, there are a lot of setbacks. But take courage. There's still work to be done. So don't give up. Look up. The one who began a good work in you will surely complete it. So keep building and adding to your faith. 
and wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. And you might just say in that Solomon, let's, let's start the building all over again. Because what mm. a lot of us, I think, are feeling where yeah. <laughs> that's what we'll have to do. Mm. But I know you've got a, a very powerful prayer ministry. Mm. And what do, how do you pronounce that? Toda? Toda. Toda. You actually say Toda. Yeah. Toda. Yeah. Where did that word Toda come from? Uh, okay. Yeah. The the Toda prayer itself is a is a prayer wing of Toda Tabernacle Ministries International. Oh. And the word Toda is um, is a Hebrew word, and basically what it means is a type of of praise or thanksgiving. But it is um, a thanksgiving that is done in faith, acknowledging what God has promised and what God has done so far. And then you are thanking him prophetically for the things that is yet to do. And so Toda basically means thanking God for the things that he's done and the things that he is going to do. So you are thanking him for his provision. You are thanking him for his promises. And then you thank him to activate that promise into your life. So whenever you are given a total prayer, what you are doing is that God, that is the end of my prayer. My prayer is answered and I know you do it. Mm. Oh, it's, you make it sound so simple. Mm. Is it that mm. simple? Yes, you know, the, the spiritual, deep spiritual concepts are very simple. The difference between results and lack of results is the element of faith. And um, I believe that we have to move away from uh, being so um, in so much in an anxiety that God would not do it. How is it that it's going to be possible? But move to the realms of the spirit where we are beginning to thank God because he has said it, he would do it. That changes the, the efficacy and the fervency of your prayer because now you are praying from a position of answered prayer. And so you are thanking God and saying, God, I know that you have said it. I know that you are capable. I know that your promise says it. Now I'm thanking you that it's done. And that is a whole different level of prayer altogether. Amen. I agree with that. I think we forget and, and just keep on asking, asking, asking. But the secret is to take it in faith, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Praise God and thank God for the answer. Mm. However long that takes. Because that's what his word says. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Never. And, uh, and it's a, that, that is a big step of faith. Mm, it is. I do find that a lot of people will continue and continue and continue to hammer on the door. But I think mm. when Jesus said, you know, knock and keep on knocking and I will answer, mm. it's a little bit mm. different when you actually come to praying and you've gone through that door. So you ought to know right now. Mm. Is that right? Am I right on my thinking that? Yeah, it, it is so. It is so that there are elements to prayer. I mean, the, the aspect that we just talked about is also one aspect of it. That's when you believe God and thank God for the fact that it's done. But there's another element of prayer, which is the relationship aspect. So you are not just asking God again, but you love to spend time in his presence. And so it's not as if you are asking the same thing again. But what you are doing is that you are just loving his presence. And so you go there every time and, 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 and seek in his face. Because 
when looking at this in, in comparison to the parable of the unjust judge and the widow, the widow went to the unjust judge with repetition of, of the request. But Jesus was trying to use this analogy to show that even the stubborn judge who is unbelieving, unlike our father, he says at the end, he says, our father answered speedily. And so he was just making an analogy to say that sometimes we need to persist in prayer if it, it demands for that to, to, to happen. But we are not doing it because we want to bother God or to make so much noise in the ears of God for God to be um, so much in a hurry to do it. But he does it anyway. The Bible says that before we ask it, he knows it. And once we are asking it, it's already answered. And so we need to understand that faith element is very crucial for prayer. But the most important thing for prayer is for relationship. And so we go to him all the time because he wants us to come to him all the time. You know, the other day I was talking about the Lord's Prayer. And it says, give us this day our daily bread. And one of the things that I've said is that not because God cannot supply for you today, tomorrow, and next week, and the year to come. But what he's trying to say is that he wants you on daily basis. He wants you to come around on daily basis. So when you ask for daily bread, you will come again tomorrow. And it's not because he cannot do it in abundance or in storage, but he says, I want you around daily. I want to have a relationship with you. And so give me my, my daily bread so that I'll come for the fresh um, loving kindness of the Lord. The Bible says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and they are renewed every morning. And it's that experience that we want from God, having that continual daily encounter and experience with God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's a good explanation. I like that one. Amen. You have to write it down. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We'll put uh, right I, on that I, I one. a few things now, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what, what else have you been up to this week? That was, that was Psalm 23, was that? Yes, uh, for, for this week, basically, um, you know, that the vision of Toda actually is shifting lives to be in line with the will of God through prophetic prayer and praise. So, um, and I'm word conscious also. And so whenever we pray, I believe God for a scriptural basis for the, for the prayer. And um, I'll say that I'm also a teacher of the word. So you can see that in reflection in my prayer, you can see that there are more or less mini uh, preachings and with prayer being the center of it. And so one of the things that we've started doing for the last four weeks is what we call Let's Reason Together. And Let's Reason Together is a very simple concept. It's based on uh, the parables of Jesus. So we pick one of the parables and I have one or two people on the panel who I believe are inspired of the Spirit of God. And what we do is we go into the stories of the parable and try to um, extract information and revelation as, um, um, as deep as possible. Um, but I believe also, I'm very aware that sometimes we can drift into error. And so it is not something that we just do it without praying into but just as we are doing it organ uh, organically, we believe that the Spirit of God enables us to understand the Scriptures. So uh, last Sunday we had that, and then I think before that on a Saturday we had um, the Men of Integrity, uh, which I, I spoke about um, repositioning and restart. And um, so it's been it's been quite busy. And uh, I also had a session which I normally have it 
between 30 minutes to one hour called the Travelers. I do it fortnightly, every two weeks. And it's purely for praying for ministry. And so the other day we're praying about ministering with integrity. And we made reference to Samuel when he stood in front of the people saying that if I've done anything wrong, stolen anything, taken any bribe, let anybody say it if I've done it. And it shows that he was a man that ministered with integrity as a boy. Even at that older age, he has kept that integrity. And so I've got a few things running with the travelers, with the prayer tower, as uh, a prayer, a uh, total prayer, and also let's present together. So that's the sort of things that uh, I've been doing in the past week. So you don't just sit there then and send out your email on Tilda. No, I don't at all. Every prayer point that I send has been prayed into. Every scripture that is sent out there is has the intention of the Spirit to stir up prayer and to stir up revelation in the heart of the people. And so every prayer point that I put there, normally I do a verse or two. It's, it's, it's a preaching in itself. It's a teaching in itself. And so even though I raise those five points out of them, it is, it is something that I can talk about it. And which I try to do at least for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes, maximum speaking into the scripture. And then we form the basis for our prayer on the basis of the scripture. And I thank God for the new month. Uh, prophetically, uh, the Lord has placed upon my heart that July is a month of progress and a perfection. And the last month was pursuit and perseverance. And, um, and the, the Spirit of the Lord just lays these messages upon my heart for the whole month. And so I speak on the same subject for a whole month. And so by the grace of God, at least 30 messages across the, the month on the same subject. And um, I believe that it just comes by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. The, the month of June was a very difficult month. And, and six is symbolic of, of man. Man was created on the sixth day. So that was the month that we are actually struggling. That was the month that people were getting tired of the lockdown. People were tired of the things that they were going through. And so the Spirit of the Lord laid upon my heart before the month. I normally get the team four or five days before the end of the month that this is going to be a month of pursuit and perseverance. And I believe that God has sustained us through that month. But I believe that in the month of July, God is taking us through the process of progress and perfection. And I believe that even as we tap into the spirit of the word of the season, I believe that we pray the mind and the agenda of God. Amen. 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 Um, Amen. I mentioned something, I think it was yesterday. Yes, I get a lot of things sent from all over the world. Um, and, and you're quite right. The, 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 the confession is COVID. And mm. people focus on COVID. Mm. It's very difficult not to when you're in lockdown and, you, you know, your, your jobs and your businesses and, and, mm. and everything must be dreadful, uh, a dreadful weight on these people. But the, the one, the one of the, one, the videos I sent you yesterday, because I know it will come into the right hands. But I haven't mm. always got time to explain why mm. I've done it. But it's very necessary that we pr pray over some of the information that is coming out of America, mm. because I'm sure not everything is being, is totally above board mm. so that everybody can see it. It's probably above mm. board under the counter, as it were, to, to keep things as quiet as possible mm. uh, for, for several reasons. 
planet for one. It's a huge country. But you take um, Florida. Now, I've been talking with John Shiver, mm. and, and he said to me, Iris, this on Friday last week, he said, mm. we are now over 5,000 a day new cases just in Florida. Yeah. And the week before I spoke to him on the Friday, it was just over 3,000. And mm. then I said, he said, yes, he said, but the week before that, it was only hundreds. Mm. So mm. there is growing concern for a, a new wave, or, or I would say a continuing wave, on a mm. rebound of COVID. Mm. And also, it, you know, with the government sending people back to work, we understand we've got to have things working. Mm. I come at that from a rather different angle, Solomon, because if you believe in God for everything, there is enough to go around. And it's a time people shouldn't be charging people rents or, or mortgages or whatever for their properties that they have no control over worldwide. You, you see where I'm coming from on that. A lot of businesses are going bankrupt, just closing, because they've got to pay their overhead. This is the time for landlords to say, hey, hang on a minute, let's stop that. You know, they've made some money, but these people, and that is the future, that, that, that's the, the, the landlord's future as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's, coming out of there. Mm, it's, it's, it's quite a difficult situation now, because the one that is refusing to accept income is the same that has to afford an expenditure. So it's probably the landlord says you're not going to be paying any rent, but he's still got some expenses to, to take care of. The, the, the economy has shrunk over the years. Organizations and businesses are closing down. And so it's, it's a very difficult time and it's quite tricky for the government also to get the right balance because you get people out there to go and work. You are concerned about the, the COVID and if they don't, the economy is shrinking. And um, it becomes difficult, it becomes challenging for the government to also maintain that kind of level of expenditure on, on, the, on the population. But it reminds me of the story of Genesis chapter 8 and 9, when um, Noah had been in the ark and, and being confined and in a lockdown. It represents our days and our times. And the Bible says that when the, the rains were ceased, everything, the landscape had changed. The economy had changed. The kind of businesses that people did had changed. In fact, they were not existent at all. Friendships and relationships that were either casual or business are all broken. And so you have the sons of Noah coming out of the ark with basically nothing. There was no vegetation. But there was something that they did that allowed God to enable that restart uh, process to, to take place. And I believe that the church has to set the pace, have to set the example, because we are meant to be the light of the world, and we have to demonstrate how the economies can pick up, starting from how we churches can pick up with our economies. Because I know that some churches are also struggling, but most churches are struggling financially, because probably the tithes are not coming through, the, the, the offerings are not coming through, and if that's the main source of revenue for the church, then bills are going to pile up. Uh, one thing that Noah did was when he came out of the ark, he came together with the family. 
And so one of the things I was sharing last Saturday is the fact that we have to reposition ourselves as families. We have to sort our families out. There should be peace at home in our marriages and in our families for us to reorganize ourselves and replant and being sensitive to the voice of God. God, what is it that you want us to do as a family, as a married couple, as an extended family? That's one level. But I believe that God is calling the church together also as a family to reevaluate their stance and how they've done things over the years. But one thing that um, Noah did in the midst of the lack is that as soon as he came out of the ark, intuitively, or without being told what to do, the Bible says that he built an altar and then he made a sacrifice on the altar. And when he made that sacrifice on the altar, it triggered something in the heart of God. And God says, I take away death from the ground. I take away death from among the people. And now I'm reinstating seed time and harvest time. I'm reinstating cold time. I'm reinstating hot time. I'm reinstating the seasons and the times again. And so what Noah was doing is that one, even though I have limited resources, I'm going to make a sacrifice. I'm going to invest and I'm going to invest spiritually. That's the first thing I'll do. Probably would have said, God, but you know that I've just got a little of these animals left. At least let me work for a while and get these animals to expand. Then I can sacrifice. But he did that straight. And that sacrifice I call the sacrifice of prayer and praise. That we are saying, God, even though we are full of anxiety, Ephesians 4 verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And so when those altars are built before God in sacrifice, when those altars are built before God in praise, then we begin to deal with anxiety. Because anxiety is a dangerous spirit. It says, and let the peace of God, the verse 7, that transcends all understanding, rule in your mind and your heart. And when we begin to make such sacrifices in the spirit, and even sometimes involving us, given the little that we have, then we begin to open the door for great things to happen. And so I believe that God wants us to set the pace. And in the verse 11, after all that, God says that I'm pressing the reset button. In the verse 9, in the chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, the same statement that he said from the beginning to Adam and Eve, he repeats, he, he, he repeats that statement. He says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. It means that God has pressed the recent button. And so he's going to start again. The same promises still apply. And so God is calling us people. He says, I've done it before. Everything was destroyed in the book of Genesis. And I started again with people who were ready to make sacrifices. And I believe that we're going to go through a process of sacrifice making as families, as churches, as a nation, but God is going to restore the nation again. Amen. 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 I fully believe that myself. I really do. Uh, it's good to hear that being backed up from you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, that, that, Amen. That was lovely. So really it's a question of knowing what is going on Mm. what to do about it, isn't it? Mm. As Christians. Mm. Um, but as I said, I sent you that, that video from the gentleman who had had a dream. I don't know mm. if you had a chance to look at it. And mm. his dream was quite prophetic. He said, normally that doesn't happen. And so when mm. he was streaming on through COVID as well, he thought mm. he should bring this to the attention of people. And... Mm. Um, 
and say, it's a pastor, and send mm. it out. So which is what he did. And he, he was saying that uh, basically to, um, now what was the word he used in that? It wasn't take care, but it, it prepared. It's, it's prepared. Mm. He was, what he was saying was prepare. The word okay. was telling him, the voice was telling him to, to, to be ready to prepare. Mm. Mm. Uh, because there is worse to come. And he was describing mm. the things that he saw as he mm. had seen COVID, but he had mm. only told a few close people. Mm. And that was last year. Mm. And things like that, would, would, is that something that your ministry would normally look at and pray about or pray over or pray into? Yes, I mean um, the whole idea of 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 prayer, like I said, with the with the topics that comes up in the beginning of the month for every month, I believe that it requires sensitivity to the times and the season. I I I listen to the news, but I I listen it I listen to it with a prophetic ear. I listen to it in relation to what God is doing in our times, and. Um, I listen to what is going on in the news, but most importantly, I listen to what God's calendar is. Because there is a spiritual calendar, there's a spiritual timetable, there's a spiritual version of events. So just as there are natural uh, uh, version of events, there are spiritual dimension to it. And so when you send me uh, such videos, what I do is I prayerfully consider them. And it gives me an understanding of the times and the seasons and what we need to pray about. I believe that we are in the end time and things are going to be challenging. Things are going to be difficult. It's, it's a fulfillment of prophecy. But it takes people like the sons of Issachar to understand the seasons and the times and to be able to interpret what we ought to do at every time and season. And so I believe that as someone who loves to intercede or to pray, we need to have an understanding of the times and the seasons and have an interpretation of the events and the things that are going on. The other day I was speaking about um, how COVID had brought the world together, how governments were beginning to speak to each other. Uh, at a point, even China became the favorite of the world uh, with, uh, in the midst of all the accusations because they tried to offer some help to the nations that were suffering. And so you can see that the world was coming together because we had an unseen enemy that we were fighting against and we had to bring our resources together where money donated for research to find a cure and the vaccine for the COVID and all those things happening. And then in the midst of that, then there was a racial riot, a riot and the riots just spread across the nation. And I was like, wow, within the last minute we're together then the next minute, we are against each other. What is God saying? God is trying to challenge us. He's trying to challenge the unity, first of all, that we have in our families. First of all, that we have in the body of Christ. First of all, what we have in the society and the nation. Because I believe that the enemy strategically divides for him to rule. And so whilst we came together, we are able to fight against the illness. And then this racial tension coming in from the north, from the south, and people were reacting to it. And it, it resulted to violence, which I believe it should not be the case. 
because we have to go to the scripture and see what God is saying in our days. And so like you said, as, as an intercessor, as a prayer minister, as a man of God, and somebody who loves to pray, I'm very sensitive to what is physically going on, but most especially, I seek for spiritual interpretation of what is going on. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that is fine for, you know, I believe these days are for God's people. Mm. I really do. Um, it, it's rather difficult to try and get non-believers to accept what we're talking about because mm. for them, they, they are just so lost. And mm. that's a sad thing. But I do know that the harvest is going to be God's chosen harvest. Mm. You know, mm. um, he's already ordained who he will give his salvation to. The Bible tells us that. And there's mm. no need for us to go hanging on street corners and shouting at everybody to be saved. However, if each Christian spoke to one non-Christian, I'm sure we could spread the word very quickly that way. But yeah, we, we, yeah it's, 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 it's right. What, what, what you're saying is perfectly right in the sense that we have to make the, the word of God relevant to our current society. And um, we, we, we've made the church to be like a collection of saints. Mm -hmm. And so nobody feels worthy enough to join us. And what we do in there doesn't make sense to them. Mm -hmm. And so they don't see the point of even being part of the church or even accepting the gospel because we made it so irrelevant to them and in such a way that we cannot connect to it. But like you said, God is calling us back to the one-to-one -one mm -hmm. kind of experience and sharing of our faith mm -hmm. with the world. That's when they see the relevance. A lady was just saying on um, Premier Radio the other day that is a friend that she's been praying for for a long time who always came back to her and said, I don't believe in the existence of God. In the peak of the COVID, she just called her and said, I think there is a God, and I'm going to go after that God. Wow. And, it's, it's, <laughs> and it took her years praying for that lady. And so I believe that we have to come to a point where we are not pushing the gospel down people's throats, because we don't do the conviction. It is the Spirit of God that does the conviction. But I believe that the harvest is plentiful and is so much, but the laborers and the harvesters are few. And so I believe that God is calling out for people who will not just speak the word, but leave the word so that people will see that we are not just saying it, but we are leaving the practical aspect of the gospel. And that is where we can get the gospel at least preached to everyone. It is up to God to do the conviction, but it's our duty to do our Father's business as long as it is there. Amen. That's right. And of course, it, I mean, I'm glad you touched on the church point because church has been a little bit naughty and as much as there's been an awful lot of control in a lot of churches. Mm. In other words, there is us and there's you. And God mm. never put the place the hierarchy, but this, this is our program. And we've yeah. only got three minutes. You know, no, you can only have three minutes. You know, you've got to share yeah. something that's really going to help the people, you know. And, um, and all sorts of things like that. Because the church hasn't taught, they haven't wanted to teach and raise up disciples. Mm. Because that is what we're meant mm. to be. And because of that, people have become complacent. 
Mm. A lot of older people are really not happy because what could have been their, their ministry, and I say ministry lightly in quotes, mm. um, they, they've not been able to move forward because the church has held them back and therefore mm. suppressed them mm. and suppressed their gifting and their talents that God is giving them. And mm. you know yourself, a uh, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Yeah. And a lot of that has happened. And the church has got to change. It's got to see that it's got to be humble. The, the pastors, mm. I'm not saying our pastors are not humble, but they mm. have got to be just one of us. Mm. You know, because we are one of them. Mm. And we're all in this together. And they've got mm. to get to a place where the people will be happy to go out and talk to other people. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a hard job. But I do believe that COVID has made that possible in a lot of cases. A lot mm -hmm. of cases. And um, as you were saying earlier on, it's a deep, under deep understanding, mm -hmm. revelation that God gives to your heart. And I think before it gets to your mind is that compassion, isn't mm -hmm. there, on the inside that wants to rise up and, and automatically do something. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say mm -hmm. to people, don't squash it down. Let it rise. Let it rise. Mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, just taking on what you talked about the church, you know, that um, there the, 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 the are issues that have to be addressed within the church because it's hindering the, the progression of um, the gifted the ministries of people um, within the church. And the fact that we have to break the walls. The walls are very important because one of the things that has happened during this COVID time is that walls are broken now. Now there's no need for the, the enclosement of the gathering of the people of God. Now it's going everywhere, like in the book of Acts. The Bible says when the church was persecuted, they spread around and they kept on preaching the gospel. And so the walls are being taken away. It's not become something that is done within the four corners of a building, but it's done across board, across the nations. But one thing that is actually hindering the progress of the church is the failure of the church to address what I call the Judas factor. The Judas factor. We are living in denial. I mean, Jesus has been betrayed and Jesus has been crucified and gone. But it's something that the disciples have not really had time to address that issue. And so when God was talking about the reflex of the church in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1 verse 16, he says, Peter just stood up and said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled. There's something that we need to address. The subject of betrayal and disloyalty. The subject of division had to be addressed before in preparation. It was something that Jesus never told them. But he says that scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. And in the verse 20, he says, For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let the dwelling place be desolate, and let one, somebody, actually occupy his office. And so it was something that they never talked about. Is a non-talked-about area. The disparity between the leadership and the rest of the church, the divisions among the leaders of the church, the, the divisions among the leaders across local churches has been a problem. 
and we fail to talk about this. And this has to be addressed prior to the manifestation of the day of Pentecost. And, and again, just to add a few things, and again, after that, there was a need for the Pentecost atmosphere. So we address the Pentecost and we also talk about the Pentecost atmosphere. And the Pentecost atmosphere is an atmosphere, or was an atmosphere, which cut across cultures and races. There was no restriction at all. There were no walls as theological differences, as um, doctrinal differences. There were no walls at all. And so the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2 and 3, it says, And the Spirit uh, descended upon them like divided tongues of fire and sat upon them. And they began to speak in new tongues. We are not speaking the same language. We are not talking about tongue speaking, but we are talking about the language of faith, the language of doctrine, the language of the Spirit. Are we saying the same thing? And so the Bible says in the verse 9 that there were people from the Mendes, there were people from Mesopotamia, people from uh, Cappadocia, people from Pontius, people from Asia. And the Bible says we heard them speaking in our own tongue, wonderful works of God. And so the wonderful works of God was exhibited when the people were able to hear them say the same language. So it means that God is saying, let's deal with betrayal, disloyalty. The things that we've never spoken about are divisions in the church. Let's address it. Break the atmosphere loose and that we speak the same language. And I believe that the church will work in a higher dimension of power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ready for that humanist power. Amen. Yes. Ready. Oh, golly. That's really good. So again, we come back to knowing what's going on and, and what to do about it, don't we? Mm. And, um, I think, you know, when you look at, um, when you look back to, to the biblical times, mm. when they didn't have churches, did they? Because Jesus no. wasn't around then. But when you mm. take people like Issachar and the men who understood the times and they knew that what Israel should do, 200 chiefs, mm. all their relatives under their command, that's a pretty big army, isn't it? Pretty big yeah. army. Mm. But, I mean, there were great people, great leaders within that to make that mm. work. Mm. One thing I've noticed very quickly with, with uh, two things. The main thing is God's got, us, got his people where he wants them right now. And that mm. is locked down. The blood mm. is, is, is on the doorpost. The angel of death yeah. is passing over. And, and secondly, the the um, I lost my train of thought there. I knew I shouldn't speak out of turn. <laughs> it always happens. But I'll think about that one. Um, I'm thinking about the, the the oh yeah the tribes of people and and the the, the diverse leadership that would have been involved to to mm -hmm. after all those people. So when we come out of the church recently, suddenly the church can't cope with each and every one of us. Mm. Mm. There's only a handful of people. So we tune in on a Sunday and we, we watch the lovely service and we, we offer, we have offered some you know, input, um, not personal input, but how about you change this and do that if you're on video, you know, that type mm. of thing. They give a lovely atmosphere. And it came, there's only a handful of us, 
you know, we can't do it all. Oh, mm -hmm. if there's a 200 people in our church, oh, mm -hmm. but now mm -hmm. it's all closed in. That's the bit that's got to change. And um, that would be very difficult because now that we're on the, everybody's on the outside, including the church, they can't possibly control one thing, but they cannot reach all of us, a handful of people. And mm -hmm. that is where God has shown me so much that I have something I've always said, but then felt guilty. I mm -hmm. felt like I'm pointing the finger at the leadership, which I'm not. We have mm -hmm. marvelous leadership. But that, that shell-like place where they are mm -hmm. in that place of harsh hardness, not harshness, that is keeping mm -hmm. them within a shell, which is the program, um, mm. everything else. I think that's I think that's exposed to every minister in their own heart. Mm. They must know that. And they must be a little bit lost without their church. So Sunday morning is the way to get a recording out. Come on. Why can't you do it live? You can mm. do a live recording, you know, record mm. afterwards. It's that the BBC now are using Zoom. You know, yeah. putting on some wonderful things, a bit of imagination, and every. I'm not saying everybody should join in. Yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is there is room to be really immersed in what God is doing at the time, not have to pre-record it and send it out. Yeah, that, like you, like you rightly said, one of the things that have hindered the flow of the spirit is that sense of rigidity around our services and our programs. We have so much restriction that the Holy Spirit is not allowed to function. Yeah, we, we, we want things to be under our control. We want to have a degree of predictability about what we do. We want to be in charge. We pray record, we edit, we take the stuff we don't want out, and we keep the rest out. But, but I believe that God wants us to come to a place where we'll feel free to rely on him. I heard this uh, short story the other day. This guy was hanging on a very piece of, 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 a, of a branch of a tree whilst with a big valley underneath him. And this guy was holding on to this branch and crying out and saying, God help me. God help me. And you could hear a voice telling him that leave the branch and I'll hold you up. And this guy will refuse to hear that voice because he thought that he still has to be in control. God I'm holding on to this branch, but still help me. But I believe that God was telling this guy that let go so that I can do what I want to do. And so many a times we are holding on to that piece of thing, that small congregation that we have, that meeting place that we have. And because of that, we are losing sight of the bigger vision that God has given us. And so I believe that one of the challenges of the church is the ability to reposition, realign themselves, refocus and reevaluate the way church has been done over the years. You may mention the fact that in, in those years, there, there were not church churches. They were, they were not like standing congregations. They would say uh, that the church in Aris's house, the church in Solomon's house, the church in, 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 in Gillingham, the church in, in Ashford. These were the kind of things that they did. And, and because of that, the leadership was not about people. It wasn't centered about people. Paul had to address issues like, when the church were crying out and partying uh, as against who backs uh, Apollos and who is on Paul's side. 
And Paul says, no, that is not what it's about. It is not about leadership. It is not about uh, uh, taking sides. It's about unity and appreciating diversity in gifts. I keep on saying this, that there's so much unity in diversity, but we see diversity as, as an enemy of unity. It is not that. But I believe that diversity is unity in disguise. If we are able to embrace, just as the early church was able to embrace all cultures at the best of the first church in the book of Acts, we should say, God, we embrace diversity in culture, diversity in race, diversity in language, diversity in, in status, in, 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 in class. We, we are accepting diversity in giftings also. Because I, I will not claim that I have the gift that all the body of Christ needs or even my congregation would need. And so we need to welcome and embrace all giftings across ministries to see the power of God at work. Amen. So we should move away from making things so rigid and so uh, ritualistic and legalistic. Amen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And the, and the outcome is always going to be amazing, isn't it, when God's in control? Oh, yes. Never yeah, like you can, you can predict. I, I mm. like it when God does that. Absolutely. Mm. I was just reading a, a story about Jonathan and his armor bearer. Mm. You know, um, and they had an amazing outcome, didn't they? When you know, just two men against yeah. all those Philistines, and yet they they mm. won. <laughs> mm. And I thought that was that was going out in faith. Mm. Perhaps our perhaps God will go with us. You know. Mm. It's a real yeah. Saturday. And uh, you just praise God, you know, for the Jonathans amongst mm. our preachers, like yourself. And we praise God for the armor bearers that say, mm. I'll stand with you. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's very important because we, we've come to a stage where we're making less of certain giftings and ministries. And that is why we are not being maximized in terms of our offices and our giftings. Because you would say that he's just an armor bearer. He's not the guy that has it all. He's not the guy that is doing it. And so I will not respect that ministry. I will not acknowledge that ministry. But the, the ministry of the armor bearers are so important. And I believe that that kind of acceptance of, of that difference, that diversity, will make us to actually see the manifestation of God's power and God's glory. Amen. Amen. Well, that, that really means that whether we're Jonathan's or armor bearers, we can move together, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, hand in hand, as well as in faith. Mm. And uh, when you've got two or three, or the whole whole congregation, and it's just going to tip it down with rain on my very loud roof. <laughs> wow. Right at the end. Wow. That's really sort of closing our meeting for today. <laughs> yeah, the blessings of God upon us. Absolutely. Solomon, I'd like you to come back and, and, and we'll have another conversation like this one day soon. Yes, it's great. It's great. It was a wonderful time um, I'm talking to you. It's It's been very edifying. And I believe that our listeners will, will be blessed by the kind of things that we've talked about. And most importantly, and have that sense of awareness of the times and the seasons because we are in times that we've never experienced before. And there's challenge, pressures everywhere. But I believe that our God is faithful and he will cause us to make progress and things that we've started in our lives be perfected in Jesus' name. 
So we can probably, um, after the transmission, we can arrange a time, and I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. God good. bless you for the great so work you're doing. We can have a few sessions, I think, like this. It's really good. Well, there you are. The latter rain has just stopped. No, it's coming mm. again. <laughs> yeah, just to say bye-bye to everybody out there for now, and we will be back, and I'm sure Solomon will come back as well. You've all heard him promise. So I'm sure you will. <laughs> bye bye for now, and we'll catch you later. All right. Bye bye.